You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Queer the Isles, the projectionist has smicha. Hi, I'm here with Yitzhak Kolakowski, and we're here, of course, to darshan about old movies and vintage TV. You know, today, Yitzhak, I think uh, time considerations, let's put vintage TV on the shelf and darshan about old movies, especially since I know Dollar General Store up there where you are, you're able to pick up a, a DVD, right? And you're able to, to purchase a DVD and, and you found some time to even watch it. Uh, you, you know, your kids are not going to even know how DVD works. So maybe your kids will. Um, so and I know this was a DVD you've been waiting to watch. Uh, and um, it has such a, a, a great cast in it and an interesting theme. Um, so why don't you start us off with it? You, it's fresh in your memory. And it sounds like you're ready to recommend it, despite some uh, some difficulties with it. Yeah, well, I just, I just saw it now. I... I actually was was pretty surprised. I went to the dollar. So I went I went into the you said, and I had seen the the movie on the shelf a few weeks ago, and I thought, oh, maybe this would be something interesting. I never heard of this movie before, and I thought maybe it could could be interesting for for the show. But I kind of held off. Want to see if it was streaming for free something then couldn't find it. Everything I had to pay for it wherever I was streaming. So I said, well, I might as well. The DVD only was uh, less than five dollars. So I'll pick it up. When I bought the DVD the other night, they asked me for my date of birth. I said, "There's a movie from 1951. <laughs> well, they need a date of birth, but they, I guess it, it was uh, enough of an adult theme, uh, which yeah, it was a little bit. You know, I'm used to you know things that are maybe a little bit more kid friendly. Uh, this one was a, a very dark, very dark film. Uh, it, it starred uh, Ginger Rogers. She was not dancing in it. Uh, Doris Day, uh, Steve Cochran, and Ronald Reagan. And uh, <coughs> what we have here, and again, the name of the movie is Storm Warning. It's directed by Stuart Heisler. And Ginger Rogers uh, is passing through this town. She hasn't seen her sister. Uh, her sister got married about two years earlier, and she hasn't seen her since before she was married. So she decides she's going to take a, a break. She's a, a model, a dress model. She's going to take a break on her trip to just go visit her sister, and then she's going to continue on her trip like nothing happened. She arrives there. She asks for a cab at the at the hamburger stand there, and the, the cab driver said, no, there's no cabs, even though she saw that he had a hat he's a cab driver. So she said, you know, she her sister works at the bowling alley. How do we get there? He said it's ten, ten blocks up the road. If if the if the cab driver just would have taken her, the whole thing, nothing would have happened. But she had to walk, uh, and she winds up uh, seeing. She walks past the the county jail there or the town jail, and the, a mob of the clan of clansmen with with hoods and robes take a guy out, he's a white guy, take him out, they're going to lynch him, and they wind up shooting him. And she sees this, and she sees the face of two of the men. She tr- runs and uh, goes to drop off her her suitcase, and then she goes to the bowling alley, she finds her sister there, and a lot of people are, you know, the, the whole town, everything was shut down. 
before the shooting happened. So, uh, you know, the next day there's the inquest into the shooting of this man. He turns out he was a newspaper reporter who was reporting about the about the Klan. And the Ronald Reagan is the police officer, the detective who's trying to, you know, get some kind of evidence against the Klan to shut them down. Uh, that you know, and and they're presented as you know, the whole issue is that they're presented as a community organization that means well and protects the the city. There's no racial. There's no wait. The Klan, the Klan come off as. As, as protectors of the city they come they, off they, they come off as in, in, in a positive way that's how the, no no they, they they come off obviously they, they're shown right at the beginning as as a murderous mob sure but they're trying to present themselves as protecting the city they tell ginger rogers you know uh, a girl like you can walk down the street safely because of us things like that and then uh, and the whole problem is that there's a whole financial grift and people are you know, uh, pocketing the money for the dues and things like that. That's really kind of, and it, and how it develops into leading them into murder, but it's not even, uh, there's no, uh, the, 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 it's, the it's, oddity of this is that there's no mention of the racial aspect of the Klan, which is very strange. So, so and let's just put us in perspective. In 1951, um, you know, there, there had been uh, people saying, oh, the Klan is something that's dead. There's no Klan anymore. The Klan was just something that happened um, a- a- as a result of, of the uh, Blacks were, were starting to mass for civil rights. Blacks were beginning to, to push, whether it was Thurgood Marshall and others. Uh, there was a uh, there was uh, a, a, there were whispers that the Klan was back. Well, this, I, this would have already been the third iteration because they they had been put down in the 1890s. They came back up in the 1920s when Birth of a Nation came out. Uh, Woodrow Wilson was really uh, very supportive of of, and that's when they st- they got even more violent. And even though they were extremely violent and murderous before that, and and lynching, they got more, and they also expanded more of their their hatred uh, to other groups, to Jews and Catholics and so forth. And then they got knocked down, especially uh, Calvin Coolidge uh, pretty much almost wiped them out. But then again, uh, by that time, especially as a lot of the the civil rights push, which a lot of, you know, even though a lot of the civil rights are known more from the 60s, there was a lot of civil rights legislation going on at that time there was fear i think i think the the clan is built on the fear of miscognition it's it's built on the fear of the blacks taking your women the blacks taking over they right that's basically the idea that the you know the clan was sort of like the secret police in a way uh the police officially couldn't do anything but many of the police officers and and and, and high officials in the city would wear the robe in order to do the evil that they thought was necessary that technically couldn't be done openly, right? That was, it couldn't be done publicly, but when you put the robes on, not only did it put fear into the victims, but the Klan wearing those robes allowed the the anonymity for uh, these, uh, you know, uh, high-minded people of the community to engage in the type of, uh, the type of uh, 
extortions, the type of uh, rapes, murders, whatever it was that they were trying to do, uh, whatever they were going to do in order to get you know the ends justifying all the means, and and the ends were to keep the white society pure, and and therefore I think as blacks started to come out out of the after World War II and, and the advancements that the GI Bill and others had given them. I think that caused a, 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 a the Klan to sort of rise up again, um, and, um, and 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 I guess that's why the Warner's thought the film was so important. But like you say, they didn't have the courage of their convictions to put racist ideology in the Klan and the, and the Klansmen. They saw them as the spic- in, in this film. They're clearly despicable and and and, and criminal. What do you think was the reason for that? Were they afraid? I mean, there were other films we talked about a couple of weeks ago about No Way Out and other films that d- did deal with the ugliness of, of racial hatred. Why do you think and, they were... And, and, the, and the other fascinating thing is Heisler himself uh, was, you know, did a lot to try to help the, the Black community. He, he was, you know, pushing... Uh, to help recruit African Americans in World War II, he made a, a film about that. Uh, you know, kind of a propaganda film. So, meaning he had a he had an understanding of of this uh, importance. So it's it's difficult to say. I I don't know why why it was. Do, uh, do you think maybe because they wanted the, uh, <coughs> the, the this film probably did not do well in the South anyway. I mean, once they had the Klan as the bad guy, that probably was you know. Were they afraid of alienating uh, you know people that you know the gentlemen's agreement? It's after Crossfire. Yeah. Um, yeah. it, you know, and, and Warner's you know Warner's always wanted to be out there. You know, Warner's was a studio that didn't shy away. Um, I see the critics that are quoted here, you know, it was, they, they really felt that that was part of the big problem of this film is that it didn't, you know, it didn't go out and, and there must be some politics behind, there must have been some behind the scenes thing of, 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 of was it based on a, was it based on a book or based on some other source? Or was it an original screenplay? I think it was an original screenplay. I didn't see any film mention any book or anything mentioned as as to being so mm-hmm. yeah, that might have been part of the problem too you know they were trying to have a message film and and without a message you know with it we, and, and the message got muddled uh because of that um it's a uh i happen to find ginger rogers is a uh uh under appreciated actress uh as you say oh she didn't dance truth is ginger rogers was an academy award winner i think for kitty foil um and um she was quite an actress um i mean this movie she really she really you know uses all of her acting chops here she really because she's dealing with a very difficult difficult situation she's put into a situation that she doesn't want to be in it's 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 a very powerful performance that she gives where she's uh, you know, put into a very difficult and 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 she she's there's an attempt at, there's an attempt at, she's she's there's an attempted rape in the film, right? Yeah, she, yeah, right. But I I think you know the um the poster for it you know has her being uh, threatened by uh, uh by Cochrane, right? That's the the poster is is Ginger Rogers looking and threatening, and obviously you know he has more he doesn't have murder in his eyes, he has drunken lust. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, she gets top billing, and, and obviously, you know, Doris Day at that point, 
uh, although she had been making films for a number of years, was still somewhat of an ingenue, very much a, uh, uh, she was a recording star. And I think she was finding her acting, uh, her acting ability, uh, Doris Day. I think uh, she ends up, of course, in the mid-50s, really advancing. You know, you know she was in Hitch's, of course, uh, The Man You Knew Too Much, Hitch's own remake, um, uh, Midnight Lace, a film that she made uh, with Rex Harrison, uh, you know, where she plays a, 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 a woman that is being uh, psychologically tortured. Um, you know, she wasn't just making, you know, uh, little sex comedies with, uh, with Rock Hudson. She, she did try to push herself. Uh, did Doris Day leave an impression on you in this film, other than being a, obviously a, a young, pretty thing? Yeah, it was. It, you know, the, the, she also she has a very strong character arc in the film, which is also what what is uh, you know very powerful about this film is that that she turns, you know, she she realizes, you know, she the 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 power of of blind love and that was really her her big problem you know here she is she's in love with her husband married for two years she said she tells her sister that she's just absolutely you know crazy about him and he's he, he's a murderer and uh, and she wants to cover up for him because she loves him so much and they're about to have a baby and all of that that drama there and then when uh, you know this is already a little bit uh, spoiling the movie because you know at the end you know she finds out what a scoundrel he is you know not just she already knows that he's a murderer but when when the, when she sees that he's able to to do you know what is presented we mentioned already that that what you know was already you know i guess it's not, they weren't worried about spoiling it then because they had it as a major part of the advertising the film uh, that 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 he was that he was trying to to to, uh, to, to rape her. Yes, the the kiss rape. of a clansman, <laughs> as it says. Um, yeah. It was really it was really, uh, and then so then she finally wakes up, and and then right, but which it it does sound that the film, you know, from what you're describing, I've never seen it, but it does sound like you know you're pandering. You know, in other words, you have a horror here. The horror is the organized. Um, uh, the organized hatred and xenophobia and it, it almost it almost seems like that when when i when you started when we started the beginning of the, when i started watching the beginning of the movie like a horror movie it really is like almost something like the invasion of body snatchers or even i remember someone mentioned to me they were uh around three mile island uh when when it happened when when the uh when they were worried that, uh, with the the uh, fallout or whatever from the power plant, and the whole town was abandoned, and it was almost like that that it starts off almost like a Twilight Zone episode that the whole town just shuts down, and here you know Ginger Rogers arrives and she doesn't know what's going on, and 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 you know and and they're trying to make it sound like when in their defense that oh these are. This, this was just a happenstance. They just, you know, that there was no premeditation when all along we see the the clear premeditation and how they tried to cover it up and uh, and how Ginger Rogers, out of love for her sister, can't bring herself to tell the truth um, of who who's really responsible. And, and even though she told she told Ronald Reagan that she saw men in hoods and that was really enough for Reagan 
to be able to finally do something, but she could she couldn't she couldn't uh, bring herself to to hurt her sister that way, and that really it winds up really. It's a very tragic film with, uh-huh. with a very tragic ending. Uh-huh. So really, both Ginger Rogers and Dor- Doris Day has loved to the point of dismissing uh, horrible faults of her husband and Ginger Rogers' uh, love and concern for her sister is stopping justice in a certain way. So both of them are really, the, the, they become the, the focus, their character arcs become the focus. But again, what I was saying before is the fact that, you know, again, uh, you know, um, a number of years later, I think it was perhaps uh, the next two years, of course, you have the rape scene of Marlon Brando and Vivian Lee in the streetcar named Desire. I think there was, you know, the idea that Hollywood was getting a, a lot more daring in terms of violence uh, against women in this, in this way. Um, and so it wasn't, you know, I guess maybe Storm Warning uh, broke uh, that barrier, but I think the, the fact that they have, to res- they have to resort to using that as this great horror of this film, you know, that there's a rapist there, as opposed to the city is run by the Klan, who are, who are built on uh, destroying all the ideals of democracy and freedom that the United States uh, prides itself on. And, and that itself is, is, is a horror. And, and obviously, you know, okay, they killed this reporter. Right? But how many Jews, you know, did they kill? How many blacks did they lynch? Uh, that would, but that was something, again, as you say, that the film was scared to do. Instead, well, there's a rapist who's part of it. And look what we've, we've discovered about this town. Like, you know, we sort of have to become sordid well, instead I of... Mean, instead the, of town, the town is clearly... Uh, uh, taken hostage by the clan, but whatever. But it's uh, but the, but the but the clan are, are people from yeah. the town, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard. It's one thing if they would be stormtroopers, the Nazis coming in from outside. These are members of the. These are these are the people who sit on the uh, who sit on the city council. These are members of the you know the park beautiful committee. These are the bankers. You know, that, yeah. that's really the, you know, and, and it sounds like a little bit of misdirection. Said the, the, the invasion of the body snatchers type of the theme where you're dealing with, you know, these are, that's the, that's the, the horror of it, that these, these are your neighbors. These are, you know, and they're, and they've taken over. It, it, it reminds me also in a certain sense, like um, uh, Jackson's the lottery, you know, where you have, you know, it's, it's this, you know, this little secret almost that you have, you know, people who otherwise seem to be normal members of society. And then every couple of years, they, they just stone someone to death. And, you know, it's not quite like that. This is more about greed. This is, you know, whereas in the lottery, we don't know why they do this. It's just something they do in this movie. It's motivated by greed. It's motivated by, you know, people who want to, you know, uh, how in all of these small towns, People want to feel like a big shot, like, you know, and, and and I know this living in a small town, you know, without talking about any type of crime or corruption, there's this, this just feeling of, you know, you want to be a big shot. But then when, when it leads to, to corruption, to crime, to murder, to, to all this mayhem and to all the fear where the people don't want to be, you know, the newspapers come and the, the radio, they come and they want to report about this and people say, get out of here. It's none of your business. You know, so it's a very, very, very frightening film, very and very tragic. There's no, there's no happy ending yeah. here. Let, let's talk about, you know, we talked about, you know, I talked about Ginger Rogers and 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 you know her great acting ability, which you can see on display in um, uh, Bachelor Mother, 
uh, other great, great, great films. You know, she, I think, you know, she, she gave a hundred percent and all the time in heels, uh, you know, even with Fred Astaire. Uh, it, it's, it's really in a way her career uh, sort of takes a nosedive. Like in the mid fifties, she ends up because, you know, as she was getting older, uh, she wasn't able to be play, you know, the, the, the great starlet, the way she had been in the past. Uh, <coughs> a film that you know, indicates this is of course uh, a film, which I think your family would love, uh, which is called Monkey Business. Where oh, um, yeah, I love monkey. I I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I told you your family would love it. And you know, Ginger, you know, that, that of course has Marilyn Monroe in it, uh, right? As, and, and you know, it's got Cary Grant and Marilyn Monroe. And you know, uh, this is of course uh, the film about the uh, the serum that somehow makes you act young. And you know, Ginger Rogers is really able to do a, you know a lot of great stuff in that. It's unfortunate that you know, as as the fifties. Uh, pushed on you know Doris Day had a you know she was a little quite a bit younger and because of her singing talents and because I think she was just so well liked as a as a she was like bigger than life Doris Day I mean not not in 51 but she was able to really push things uh, especially into her you know especially the things that she did for animal rights and animal welfare Um, she became really a spokesman for things that were wholesome so she sort of had like a I think a greater uh, you know post uh, movie star life than Ginger Rogers did, but Ginger Rogers really sort of faded away. Um, you, know, you don't really see her much, maybe some TV uh, shots, but you know, it really goes to show you like what, you know, today you have, you have Meryl Streep, but still carry a film. But, you know, once Ginger Rogers, uh, you know, once uh, father time or mother time takes hold of things, things are gone. Uh, another person who obviously saved their best for their last act was Ronald Reagan, a mediocre actor. I mean, again, uh, you know, King's, King's Row, he's okay. Um, uh, you know, Newt Rockney, All-American, you know, he can you know, pull some strings, heart strings, I guess, a little bit. You know, you sort of feel bad for George Giff. But um, what do you think about Reagan's performance here? Was it was it his usual wooden uh you know line reading or did you feel reagan uh was... i think i i think he did a, a very good job he was he was because he was very passionate he i think he probably would have wanted to uh to 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 lash out more against the clan and 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 you know again it's it's, it's such a strange thing such a very weird thing about how this movie doesn't talk about who the clan was you know it just it's 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 really bizarre but he's he's i think he's doing you know very well for workman like considering his his limited acting skills but listen uh, obviously his main fame of course is not only governor of california but of course a two-term president of the united states and many people think they should probably put a space for him in mount rushmore um Yes, look, I want to uh, uh, recommend. I, I guess Storm Warning gets a recommending a recommendation with a little bit of a warning, <laughs> right? That yeah. uh, not not for not for everybody, but it's definitely a a film that um, will make you think a little bit about maybe it could have been even greater than what it is. I think that's 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 the problem because I again I never heard of this movie and I, I've heard a lot of a lot of movies. You know, you mentioned. <laughs> other movies even if i haven't seen them at least i've heard of them and i was just very surprised and i think that's part of the reason why we never hear about it because it's just so bizarre why would you not mention especially like you said that i understand well, well let me talk about a movie that has has gotten a lot of recent that's about it my friends Yitzchak, take care uh we shall see you watch out for the cows and everybody else watch your step on the way out be well 
Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 